Hour number two, the John and Leah show. This is the program where we take a look at the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And in this hour, we'll take our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016, including the big debate that is set for tomorrow night between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. The big political news, certainly the last couple days, was the endorsement of Ted Cruz, who famously did not endorse Donald Trump at the convention, uh, but who decided, no, you know what, I'm going to wait for a really big venue. (laughs) Not a national TV audience at the national convention. No, no, I'm going to do a Friday afternoon Facebook post. (laughs) To, yes. endo- to endorse Donald Trump. Now, something weird happened to me, Lee. I don't even know if you're aware of this, but but I happened to tweet about this as I tweet all the time. I, I tweet way too much. Um, and and I, uh, yeah. I, I'm well aware that I tweet way too much. In fact, I, I despise Twitter. No one spends more time on something they despise than John Ziegler does on Twitter. I can't stand the whole tweeting phenomenon, the whole 140 characters and, you know, fragments of of basically verbal, you know, flatulence. Um, And so, uh, but anyway, occasionally something interesting happens on Twitter. And I tweeted the following as, as the news was breaking that Ted Cruz was going to endorse Donald Trump. I said, Ted Cruz was with Trump when he could have beaten him against him when he couldn't. Then he non-endorsed with max, meaning maximum, maximum damage, and caved for zero gain. Now, I didn't think that was particularly all that interesting. I, I thought that was pretty matter-of-fact, but a pretty good summary of, of the evolution of what had happened during the primaries leading up to Ted Cruz's endorsement. Now, for me, you know, I only have like 18,000 followers. I mean, they're good followers, but... Nah, you know, I've got like 500. Okay, not but in the larger scheme of things, I mean... Donald Trump has 11 million, all right? Uh, you know, like Hillary Clinton, if she tweets something, and you know, usually she'll get maybe 1,000, maybe 2,000 retweets if she's right. lucky. Trump gets like 8,000, 10,000 retweets uh, almost on a regular basis. For me, if I get anywhere in the triple digits, like 100, that's like fantastic. On some, you know, Something really wild has to happen. For some reason, and it's just so weird, to me, having nothing to do with me or even the subject matter, but just the weirdness of social media. This thing was retweeted 2,500 times <laughs> with, with over 400,000 people having seen it. Now, funny. now, what the funniest part to me is, I guarantee, and this, this, is the, this is why I despise social media at its core, because everything is about popularity. Because you, I can, I guarantee you, that if this thing had never gotten, you know, past 100 or, you know, it took a long time to get past 100, it would have stopped there immediately. But as soon as it gets into the thousands, people who look at the tweet go, wow, this must be a really great tweet because there's 2,500 retweets on it. I'll That's retweet true. it, too. And and that, to me, 
shows how broken our entire media conversation is, is because it's all about what's popular. Is the person saying it a celebrity? Is it okay? Are they popular enough for me to to retweet, or will I have their cooties on me if I do it? And is this particular tweet, is it popular enough for me to feel like I'm part of something cool if I do it? That's, yeah. that is- I mean, Ziggler, look, you chose the two most active or, let's say, passionate uh, audiences for this, okay? Those who love Ted Cruz, those who hate Ted Cruz, and those who love and hate Donald Trump. Okay. Well, look, I, I just, this is an aside to the issue. It's not all about me. I just find social media to be bizarre and dysfunctional. And I thought this was an example of that. Now, as far as what I meant by the tweet in, for, in, anal, in, in analyzing Ted Cruz's sellout, here's what I meant because some people did misinterpret it. What I mean by Ted Cruz was with Trump when he could have beaten him. I'm that talk- was on the debate stages. Right. In December. You remember in December, people forget in December, before any votes had ever been cast, Trump and Cruz were dead even. Cruz had pulled even with him and they were just about to get into a fight. And remember, they called wimped out. Right. They had a mutual truce. And they mm-hmm. had that photograph of the two of them together with the thumbs up. And Cruz tweeted out, the media wants me and Donald Trump in a cage match. Not going to happen. He's terrific. Right. And what Cruz did at that moment was, in my view, and I felt that this at the time, but I'm positive in retrospect. In retrospect, that was the last moment to stop Trump. People don't understand because they think, well, wait a minute, John, no votes have been cast. Folks, these things are like turning around aircraft carriers, especially when you got the passionate support of someone that Trump has. You, you don't people don't change their minds on a dime anymore. And so the last opportunity to really take Trump out was when finally someone had pulled even with him and was going to be able to fight him eye to eye instead of with Trump having the leverage. See, Trump was a genius, or is a genius, at using his leverage to destroy people like he did to Jeb Bush and others. Little Marco. Right. So because he's ahead, he's the alpha. Well, Cruz had an opportunity to take Trump on, and he wussed out. Why did he wuss out? Because Because he he saw what happened to everyone else who went head-to-head with him. And he made a political miscalculation thinking Trump will implode on his own. I need to be there to pick up the pieces of his shattered electorate so that they will support me and I will be the nominee. That, to me, is the essence of why I do not like Ted Cruz, because he is a political calculator who pretends to be all about principle, and this weekend has proven, and the rest of my tweet, which I'll get to momentarily, proves that not only is he all about political calculus, he's terrible at it. He's awful at it. And the reason I think he's awful at it is because he, like a lot of these people, he's living in a bubble where he thinks there are more people like him, social conservatives, hard, you know, hard-line Republican traditional conservatives in a pre-Trump era than there actually are. And so that's why he makes that political miscalculation. It was selfishly done. Do you not agree with that, Leah? Well, I was in the car driving on way to Kentucky 
when the news broke and I was disgusted. Really? Even as someone who supports Trump strongly, you felt, and you were a big Ted Cruz fan. supports Ted Cruz. I was a big Ted Cruz fan. Right. I, okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm fascinated by this and we're up against a break. So when we come back, I want to find out Leah Brandon's thought process on this Ted Cruz thing. I'll further explain uh, my analysis of this and then we'll move on to other uh, topics related to the presidential race right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brennan. Our free speech broadcasting.com is our website. And as it turned out, I wasn't surprised at all, but if you were holding out for a hero, it was not Ted Cruz, as he proved by endorsing on Facebook on Friday afternoon Donald Trump, the man who he refused to endorse at the convention. And, you know, Leah, I, I have a pretty a good level of confidence in my ability to evaluate public figures and what they're really made of. And and to me, this entire debacle has validated my very skeptical view of Ted Cruz. I think Ted Cruz is smart, but not as smart as he thinks that he is uh, principled in general, but more about himself than anything else. And a political operator who is actually very bad at political calculations, as he has miscalculated at every stage. He miscalculated when he laid off of Trump. He miscalculated when he finally attacked Trump too late. He miscalculated when he non-endorsed at the convention. And I believe he's miscalculated now because he's desperately trying to save his Senate career. And I'm fascinated, since you were a much larger fan of Ted Cruz than me, you say you were disgusted. Explain why. Okay, well, it kind of goes back to um, when we were on the air together in Los Angeles. Wow. And George Bush, George W. Bush, right, uh, fired his Secretary of State, Donald's Rum- Donald Rumsfeld. Okay. Um, it was at that moment, because I don't, I make my own decisions based on my own information and my own facts. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me all you want to uh, about George W. Bush going in somewhere to avenge his father, blah, blah, blah. All the political stuff, until I see it for myself, an actual event, I'm not going to go there. So you turned on George W. because he fired Rumsfeld. Yes, it was okay. nothing but political. I hated it. Right. I've never forgotten it. By the Ted, way, I think I think he hated it too, but okay, that's fine. Ted Cruz lost me at Carly Fiorina. Fiorina. Right. Okay. That was ridiculous. In Ohio. Right. Uh the, he lost me there because that was purely political and desperate. Right. Up until that point, um you know, you're looking at what he could have done and all of these other things, but I'm talking actual 
uh, movement and decisions. So he lost me there. And just to put this on Facebook on a Friday afternoon when we know that that's when they do the dump of all the information they really don't want people to know, uh, it was just cowardly and it was humiliating to me more than anything it was humiliating because trump has said of course you know whatever trump says doesn't mean anything it has an expiration date of about 15 minutes Uh, way it's way worse than milk whatever whatever trump says but trump had said after the convention that he didn't want cruz's endorsement he would not accept it and so Usually, and Trump had said all those things about his wife, right? And about his, his Ted Cruz's wife. Yes, exactly. Why right. it's oh, it's horrible. And and by the way, you get nothing in return. Now, maybe Cruz didn't want this, but usually, if you're going to endorse somebody, you at least get like a a, a dual press a conference or something. You you get you get and and the most pathetic part to me was not just the Facebook part. Cruz is now claiming that. The reason why, or primary reason why, he finally was able to pull the trigger was because Trump put Senator Mike Lee from Utah on his second list of possible Supreme Court nominees, and Lee and Cruz are friends. And I'm like, really? Oh, wow. Are you that gullible, or were you just that desperate to come up with some explanation for why you suddenly needed to endorse. No, it was totally desperate. Oh. I mean, nothing but. And I think he's done for 2020, assuming Trump's, Trump loses. I mean, it's uh, it's way early to say that, but to based upon, frankly, just based upon the reaction to my tweet, I think he's done. Because <laughs> I, I, it seemed to me as if both friend and foe alike were... It was glee. Yeah, I mean, you know, he... No one likes him as it is, and so now he's been defrauded, and people love that, especially when someone they don't like is defrauded. Right. And and so, but so, can we just finish this though, Leah? Leah can you give me this little bit of satisfaction? Can you say I was correct in my analysis of Ted Cruz during the primaries? Can you give that to me? No. Oh. No. Why not? No. Because How was I wrong? How because- was I wrong? Because everything was your opinion, your opinion, your opinion. I was was exactly right about who he is. I was exactly right. And it was proven beyond any shadow of a doubt. So, oh, God. I never get get anywhere. It's amazing. I I have said, look, this is the way I am, Zig. I'm going to look at the facts. Yeah, but I was and right. I, I was right, glaring... and you were wrong about Cruz. But okay, uh, whatever. But all of yours was, uh, you know, opinion. No, wait, it was but, opinion. What do you mean, opinion? I had what? to wait until I saw the actual okay, but, moment. But I, I can tell these things before everybody That's else. That's fine. Uh, that may be true. That may be true. But you cannot convince me oh, I'm well based aware. on that. I'm well aware, Leah. I <laughs> by, need to see the, by, hard and well, fast. By, by, as long as we've been together, Leah, when I tell you someone's a fraud, you should take it to the That's flipping not bank. That's true. You should That's take it true. to the blank bank. We are now uh-huh. looking at a situation yeah. where there is another person who you have called a fraud many times in the past. I and know now- you must feel alone. But uh, I want you to know you give a lot of people hope. Thank you for a conservative actually standing and 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 speaking for principles. By the way, and I did, who I did, was right about this no, one? I don't. I haven't changed Not my opinion you. about that at all, actually. But, uh-huh. uh, but the reality. 
Well, hold on a second. By the way, I did another interview with Glenn Beck, which you can check out, and you should, at freespeechbroadcasting.com. He said some very interesting things about George Bush potentially endorsing Hillary Clinton. We'll talk a little bit more about this and more when we come back in a moment. back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Real quick before we go on to some news from this week and then the, a preview of tomorrow's debate in our look, our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. In the last few seconds of the last segment, uh, Leah was having some good fun with me about the fact that uh, Glenn Beck, who is a huge supporter of Ted Cruz and someone who I have been critical of in the past on this program, has uh, had me on his show twice in the last two weeks. I I urge you to check out both of those interviews. You can find articles about each at freespeechbroadcasting.com. The one this week is really interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because we talk about the debates, and I make an interesting prediction, I think an interesting (laughs) prediction, about what could be Hillary's worst nightmare for the debates. But also we talk, in theory, about whether or not George W. Bush uh, might endorse Hillary Clinton. You and I talked about that week, and you kind of mocked me a little bit because I had made the prediction on Glenn's show the first time that that uh, might happen if Hillary really needed it to. And then, like, the next day, the news broke that Bush 41 is voting for Hillary Clinton. Mm, Uh, I'm still skeptical. Oh, God. I'm skeptical you, you, about you, this. You are worse at giving me credit than my wife is. You are. And my wife is terrible. I mean, my God, any other co-host in the, in the country, if they had made an off-the-wall prediction like that, and the next day <laughs> Bush 41 is reported voting no, for no. Hillary, you'd go, John, I, you're a genius. No, no. no I'm skeptical. No. I don't think no, this no, really no. happened. I, uh, no, I'm skeptical about the source of it. They would, Kudos, absolutely. But hold on a second. I don't need ever coming up with that. Okay, Leah, the the, the story is true. And the reason why, you know, the story is true is that it was specifically not denied by the Bush people. The Bush people acknowledged that the event took place and they said nothing at all, at all, not a syllable to in the statement that was released to uh to shoot down the story that Bush 41, Herbert Walker Bush, is going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Now, I acknowledge that on its own, the source being a member of the Kennedy family uh, on, a, on a Facebook post was not reliable. But when the Bush team doesn't shoot it down, it's true. Okay, well, But That's- no, but they, I think they didn't shoot it down because they certainly do not look at what Trump did to Jeb. But oh, I am still, oh. I cannot believe they would vote wow. for Hillary yeah. Clinton. Uh, have you seen the pictures of George W. Bush and Hillary Clinton together? Have you seen yeah. the pictures right. of him with Bill? Did you see right. the pictures of him with and Michelle boy, Obama and Barack Obama this weekend? more. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that backs it up more. The more you know the Clintons, the less you're going to want to vote for well, them. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they're not quite as brainwashed as some other people, and maybe they also understand how bad Trump is. 
and because they've actually been in the position, maybe because they're one of they're half of the people who are living who have actually held the position and they might right. know whether or not Donald Trump is qualified to hold it. Gee, that could be possible. Yeah, the guy who did not take out Osama bin Laden. Let's put him in there. Come what? on. What are you talking about? I, no, no, it's not a, it's not an endorsement of Hillary Clinton to vote for her over a baboon because that's what we have here. I mean, it, we have it, there is it is perfectly rational. Now, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with my meaningless vote here in California, but I, I, there is no way. No how I'm going to do anything close to what Ted Cruz did. It, I will never, ever. I mean, I can't even conceive of what Donald Trump could do between now and November 8th, although I'll keep my mind open. But there is there is a 0.0001% chance I would ever even think of doing anything to support Donald Trump as being president of the United States because and by the way, let me since we're on this topic and I and we talk about this a lot but this is I never really said this and this is important as to what my thinking behind this is. I am morally convinced, morally convinced that if Trump is somehow president that both the country and conservatism will be in Far worse shape in six years than if Hillary is president with a GOP Congress. You give me Hillary. You keep thinking there's going to be a GOP Congress. Uh, there's a, there's still a very good chance of that. If we play our cards correctly, there is a very good chance of that. Now, that's a big if because if she we don't play our cards well. But Because of turnout, which, you know, <laughs> there are a lot more Ds than Rs. If she wins... How in the world do we hold on to the GOP Congress? Well, the reality is that there are several situations where GOP senators are running ahead of Trump in the polls, although that's changing a little bit this week. I, I think the polls this week are messed up because they're still they're still reverberating from her collapse on 9-11. I think if Hillary does well on the in the debates and it's perfectly healthy and it goes exactly as the conventional wisdom would which by the way hardly ever happens but if it does i think you're going to see exactly the you know what what should happen in this race which is hillary holds on to a small but solid lead and that several republican senators are able to outdo trump at the polls but but anyway the, the reality let me getting back to the this issue of, of Trump versus Hillary and what the Bushes seem their mindset seems to be, uh, which I have zero problem with it because they've actually been in the job and have a unique perspective at it. Donald Trump is uniquely unqualified at every possible level. And if he is elected, folks, and this is what conservative this is the one element that conservatives and, and partially it's because no one in the conservative media wants to even go there because it sounds like you're endorsing Hillary, and I'm not. What I'm telling you is there is a far greater chance, a far greater chance of a left-wing agenda being perpetrated on the a far left-wing agenda, really being perpetrated on the American people with Trump as president than as with Hillary as president with a GOP Congress because a GOP Congress cannot buck trump they they will not be able to fight him and so if the real donald trump is nearly as liberal as any logic would have you believe once he's president we're screwed 
And not only are we screwed because we can't stop what this egomaniac's going to do, guess who gets all the blame? Not just for this year, but for at least a generation. Our yeah, side gets the gets- blame anyway. No, we don't. That's a lie. Everything. We do not get the blame for a Hillary Clinton presidency. Stop that. Okay. Now, oh, now, we now, get- all right, now look, we're going to... We can revisit this again at some other point, but we, there are a couple of things I want to get to. So um, the two the two sound bites that I found to be most remarkable this week, one from the Trump side, one from the Hillary side. Uh, and the first one comes from Amarosa and an interview. That, I could never stand her. I couldn't stand okay, her well, this on is the, that show. But remember, Donald Trump is going to hire all the best people, and she's part of the Trump campaign. She's a Trump spokesperson. She's one of the leaders of the Trump minority outreach. She's a black woman who became famous on Celebrity, or not even Celebrity Apprentice, back on the regular Apprentice. She became a celebrity. She was one of the most hated mar- women in America. So she's on this PBS Frontline special, and I know you have two clips, and unfortunately, I'm not sure which one is which, but one got a lot of publicity because basically it seemed to substantiate the idea that Trump's entire campaign is about basically personal revenge on his enemies. <laughs> yeah, I and, know which one this is. <laughs> okay, so let's play Let's play this and try not, try not to be too scared out of your wits at the idea of this guy becoming president. Again, this is Amorosa, his supporter. Every critic, every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump. Okay, <laughs> can, we, can we replay that? I mean, the music, the music pretty much sets the scene and the tone pretty well. But this, this again, is a supporter. This is supposed to make you feel better about the notion of a President Trump and what his, how he would achieve his goals, what would happen after he was elected. Let's hear that one more time. Every critic... Every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump. All right. Now, uh, I am not one of these people who believes that Donald Trump is Hitler in the making. Okay, Uh, I think he's too much of a buffoon, although if you were going to create a Hitler, that's probably the best way to do it is be such a buffoon that no one takes it seriously that you might be. Uh, What I mean by Hitler is some sort of dictator, tyrant. Uh, megalomaniac, that kind of situation. He certainly fits some of the personality profiles. That statement right there ought to scare the hell out of anybody. Not just because it fits with the whole... Well, that's uh, Omarosa. That's who she is. She is part of his campaign. Well, that's who she is. What does that mean? These I mean, are that's the peop- what she's going to say. But, but Leah, we are, we are told that part of the reason why we can accept all of Trump's insanities and all of his misstatements and all of his lack of knowledge is he's going to hire the very best people. And this is a woman who is part of his campaign. Well, she's obviously reaching out to who the people who want minorities that want a tyrant that want a tyrant. She's got a fan base (laughs) Uh, in minorities. But but, but wait a minute. You're you're just going to completely ignore the fact that this she's indicating that this whole campaign is basically a way for Donald Trump to get revenge on the people who never took him seriously, who mocked him for being a fake rich person all of his adult life. And now he finally gets the last word, kind of like the nerd finally becoming prom king. That's that's what this is all about. 
And no, that's I do not believe that that's Donald Trump's mindset. What is that? It? Is totally Omarosa's. Okay. Omarosa is a freaking nightmare. So what? But there okay, are great. people who relate to her. All right. So this is the type of person he'll hire in in the White House. That's good to know. All right. When we come back. The worst soundbite uh, I can ever remember from a presidential candidate while they were actually telling the truth. And this is from Hillary Clinton when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. A couple things that I intended to talk about in detail but won't have the time to do so this week, but there'll be other weeks between now and the election, but I just at least wanted to mention them involving Donald Trump this week. There were incredible revelations about the Trump Foundation, which if they had ever been the case with the Clinton Foundation, conservatives would be going apoplectic over. Uh, but instead, because to criticize Trump is somehow seen as to help Hillary, uh, there's basically been silence and massive hypocrisy on the right. The details of these, look it up. It's just unbelievable. It's way worse than anything we know for sure about the Clinton Foundation. And it, it, it should disqualify Donald Trump. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It, is, it should disqualify Donald Trump from being... Uh, allowed to host a reality TV show. That's how pathetic a human being Donald Trump is. If you read the details, which I doubt you have, of all of these Trump Foundation revelations where he's using other people's charity money to pay for his own crap and his own lawsuits to intimidate politicians into not investigating other insidious behavior on his part, it is just, it is... It is so scandalous and so absurd that our side is is silent on this. But look, I, we don't have enough. What did you want to say? I'll give you 15, 20 Never seconds. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. Okay, right. All right, whatever. <laughs> so, and then the other thing that, that conservatives would go bananas about if Hillary Clinton ever proposed it is this stop and frisk deal. Which, I believe that that should absolutely happen. Okay, great. So if Hillary that Clinton— That was the worst if, idea to take that out of New York. Okay, well, first of all, the well, number one problem is Donald Trump doesn't seem to understand the difference between what the president does and what a mayor of a city does or what a governor of a state does, which you would think would be the basics for being president of the United States. But let's just set that aside for just a second that he has not a freaking clue about what the job does and that he would have no ability to install a stop and frisk in any particular city. If Hillary Clinton had used the words, we're going to take their guns, we're going to take their guns, but meaning people who there's no evidence that they committed a crime, none, and that we're just going to magically buy by osmosis, figure out who the bad guys are, and we're going to take their guns. I think if they're if, a felon and they oh, have well, a gun well, well, that's on not them, what Trump said. That's tell. not what Trump said. If Hillary Clinton had said that, conservatives rightfully would have gone crazy because we presume that she's going to destroy the Second Amendment, and this is the this is the loophole through which she will do it. There is an incredible slippery slope there. By the way, doing it only in inner cities, which is what Trump said, sounds racist as hell to me. 
Because you're basically saying that black people have fewer gun rights than white people do, well, which is another. I mean, you're, you're also basically saying that a higher concentration of people is a higher concentration of crime. No, no, no. <laughs> he specifically mentioned Chicago. Okay. Who, well, who, okay. So the, the reality, the, the re, there's a, there's a technical reality and then there's a reality here. And again, if Hillary had said it, if Hillary had said it, we would be rightfully going nuts in criticism of her, but we don't do that because we've completely lost all of our principles and we're a bunch of damn hypocrites, just like we always thought the liberals were. All right. Now with that said, Hillary Clinton is a horrible, horrendous, horrific, catastrophically bad candidate who might actually somehow still lose this thing. And the classic example of that occurred this week when she was giving a teleconference to supporters. And Lee, I don't know if you agree. We haven't talked about this. I'm guessing you you will. Uh, This is the worst thing I have ever seen from a presidential candidate that they apparently released on their own. I want you to imagine the Wicked Witch of the North with, without makeup on. It's bad lighting is what it is. She looks horrendous. Okay, and that's yeah. number one. She's got big bags uh, under I, her I eyes. Mean, I mean, she looks horrific. Uh, and, and, and so she's, and then for some reason she starts shouting. There's no, not a crowd there. It's just her in a but room. That's her. Just her in a room with a camera and a microphone. And she starts shouting at her audience in ways that, uh, let's say, are rather unappealing. Let's listen to just a, a small clip of that. Now, having said all this, why aren't I 50 points ahead, you might ask? Well, the choice for working families has never been clearer. I need your help to get Donald Trump's record out to everybody. Now, basically, especially when you see it, it's her being the most naggy wife <laughs> In the history of naggy wives. Like, and she's she's frustrated. I agree. Is what it is. And she's angry at the people because they haven't backed her. I agree with that analysis a thousand percent. In fact, what I got out of that, other than she's a terrible candidate from a from a marketing standpoint and a you know from an acting perspective, and unfortunately in the world in which we live, that that's important. But I, what I got from that is, wow, the internal polls in the Clinton campaign must be really bad because she is starting to panic. She is starting to really get frustrated, as you said. You know, the, mm-hmm. the compare, you know what I felt? Here's what I felt. I'm curious what you think of this analysis. I felt like she is feeling like Marsha Clark during the OJ trial. Now, <laughs> now, forget about how you feel about Trump for a second, but just hear me out on this analogy. She knows this should be no contest, right? She knows all the evidence in her world is on her side. There's a mountain of evidence this guy should not be president. There's a ma- just like there was against OJ that he was guilty as hell. And yet she can tell the jury's not buying it. And Okay, she- no, I don't get that from her at all. Hillary Clinton has a major sense of entitlement. They ripped it away from her in 2008. Correct. They ripped it out of her hands. And by God, this is her turn. Okay, but it's clear as you as, from the end of it's that clip. It's about her, no, no, hold not on about a him. Bull crap. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you didn't listen very carefully, she doesn't reference, tell everybody about how great I am. She references, why aren't we 
ahead by more than 50 points. We got to you need to get Donald Trump's record out there. That's the basis of her belief that she should be ahead by 50 points. She wouldn't believe that she should be ahead by 50 points if she was going up against a legitimate candidate like a Marco Rubio. She's not delusional. She she is looking at this as we're prosecuting a case against a guy who everybody, even George Herbert Walker Bush, understands should not be president. Why aren't more people understanding this? And that's mm-hmm. that's why she's pissed off and frustrated. Now, as far as what's going to happen on the debates, and we're running out of time in this segment, so we'll, we'll continue this conversation into hour number three, but there's other things it's I want to It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. For who? For Trump. Really? You're predicting a Hillary victory? Uh, it's not going to be. Uh, his his debate, if his debate performance in the past is any indication, he cannot get up there and just continue to uh, insult her. It's not going to work. Interesting. All right. I, I may have a slightly different opinion, but I also want to tell you what Hillary should be most afraid of. In hour number three, plus we got to get to the uh, Charlotte and Tulsa police situations and Jean Bonnet Ramsey in hour number three.